The Bible says there, starting at verse 54, Then took he took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. Listen what happens next. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a while, listen, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed saying of a truth, this fella also was with him, for he's a Galilean. Listen. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crowed, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered. Listen, church. Peter remembered the words of the Lord, how he said unto him before the cock crows, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter, the Bible says, went out and wept bitterly. Father, as we come to you right now, Lord, we need you for just a few moments to speak through these stammering lips. And God, as we take a journey now to your time of betrayal, your time of suffering. God, I pray that you'll help me, Lord, convey to your people what you want them to know this morning. Lord, I'm a weak man. I'm a man of stammering words. But I pray for a few moments you'll speak through us, God, and that your word will go out and accomplish that, that it's needful this morning. We love you and we praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated this morning. We can see here in this chapter that Jesus has been arrested and he's going before the high priest for judgment. And earlier we, we see Jesus with his disciples and talking with them. And now the purity of heart, Peter tells him, Lord, I'll die for you. Lord, I'm for you. Lord, I got you back. And you know me, myself at times, I've probably felt the same way and made the same statements. Lord, I'll stand for you. Lord, I'll be a witness for you. Lord, I'll never back down. God, I'll always lift you up. Never be ashamed. Jesus looked right at Peter and says, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Can you imagine what he must have felt like at that moment that the Savior that he's walked with and saw the miracles of and, and he's uh, performed miracles with Peter by walking on water and seeing all the things that took place and 
Jesus looks at him and says, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. The Lord knows your heart this morning. But in our weakness and who we are, he still loves us. No matter how far we get away, he still loves us. No, far, no matter how deep you go in sin, he still loves you. I'm glad he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go all the way with you. Every failure you'll make, I'll be right there to pick you up and dust you off. I don't know what that means to you, but boy, it sets my soul afire this morning knowing that a Savior loves me unconditionally and is long-suffering with me that I am a weak man and a weak vessel, but he can look past my weakness and see the will that he has for my life and still bless my life. That's a mighty God that we serve. That's why God spoke to me last Sunday in between services and gave me this message for you today. We need to stop as people of God God, we need to stop living at a distance. Listen to me this morning. God told me to tell you we need to stop living at a distance. And we're going to see the will of God come to fruition in our life and see God do mighty things in our life. We're going to have to quit living at a distance. We're going to have to get close to the Savior. And there's three things that I want to talk about this morning that causes us to live at a distance. There's many things, but I got to asking the Lord when he started giving me this message. I said, Lord, what is it you want me to tell them? And the first thing he wanted me to tell you this morning, we live at a distance because of our fear. We live at distances from the Lord because of fear. We see here Peter a man that has walked with the Savior, knows the mission that's ahead, knows what's got to happen. Uh, Jesus has told him these things are going to happen. But out of fear, he denies the Savior. You may love God with all of your heart this morning and say you'll die for the Lord. But when we live in sin and live after the ways of the devil, it'll put fear in our life. It'll put doubt in our lives and it's a separator of our fellowship between us and God. Look at verse 54. He said, Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter, the Bible says, followed afar off. Why was he following afar off? It's because he was afraid. He had fear. If people know who I am, they'll arrest me. They know I've been walking with him. They'll arrest me and maybe put me to death. I'm so afraid. What am I going to do? But let me tell you something today. You don't have to be afraid. For the Lord said he'd go with us in 2 Timothy 1.3. He said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We've got the power of God in our life. We've got his love in our life. The devil will make you afraid and make you want to run away. But that's when you need to pull up your big boy britches, them spiritual britches, tighten your belt up and face the devil head on with the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, for I can do all things through Christ whom strengtheneth me. It don't matter what the devil throws at you. God will bring you through it. Amen. He'll bring you through it. In 1 John 4, 18, the Bible says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear, because fear hath torments. 
He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We need not to fear what this world can do to us. Amen. I, my mind goes back several, several years ago when we had our first school shooting. And if you'll remember the young girl that the shooter stood in front of and asked her to denounce Christ and she would not denounce Christ, she was proud to be a child of God and she said, I will not denounce Christ and he pulled the trigger and she lost her life right then. I wonder if that was you, what would you do? You'd say, I don't want to be put in that position. But I'm telling you, as children of God, we don't know what we're going to go through in this life. America has lived on a fluffy cloud for a long time without persecution. Our brothers and sisters in foreign nations and foreign countries are paying the ultimate price right now. They're laying their lives on the line. Our missionaries are facing uh, murder and, and, and killing each other every day. They're going out murdering uh, missionaries on the field. Let me tell you something today. People are paying the price for this blessing an old book that we live by right here and you may have to pay the price for it. Are you going to be ashamed and run in fear? I'm telling you, the Lord's looking for a few good men and women that'll stand up out of fear and say, yes, I'm a child of God. Now you may never look down the barrel of a gun. Why? A murderer stands on the other side of it and tells you to denounce Christ. But I'll tell you what you will do. You'll look down the barrel of this old world that'll look at you and say, who are you and what are you? We're going to go to a party. Won't you go with us? That barrel that you're looking down is going to rob you of your joy. You need to look right down that sinful barrel and say, no, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, amen. We're going to come out from among that mess. I'm not going down to the beer joint. I'm not going to have me a glass of wine, but I'm going to live holy. I'm going to live that God may get the glory out of my life. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want to live in fear, amen, of what the devil can do to me. I'm telling you, he's a robber and he's a thief. He's a liar and the father of it. The devil will rob you of every joy you got, every peace you got in your life. He's a robber of it. He's constantly trying to break in and take what you've got. But I'll tell you this morning, they can come get my Bibles. They can come get my suits. They can lock his church house door, but they can't take Jesus out of my heart, amen. They can't take away my testimony. They can't take away where I stand for God. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, amen? And we're going to do it not in fear. I know sometimes there's fearful things that happen. We can hear about the wars and rumors of wars. We can see about the news and how bad that it is. We can see how our country's in a mess and our leaderships are in a mess and our counties are in a mess and, and our states are in a mess and our families are in a mess and, and some of your children are in a mess and your grandchildren's in a mess and it makes you afraid and it puts fear in your life but you need to take it to the altars of God and lay it down. First Peter 5 and 7 says to cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. He didn't write that in the Bible 
just for you to read it, but the Bible says to bring your cares to the Lord. What does that mean? When you got a care in your life, you need to take those cares and they're all boxed up in your life and you need to take that care and lay it on the altars of God and cry over those prayers and say, God, I'm gonna leave them right here and I'm gonna give them to you, amen, instead of picking every single one of them back up and taking them home with you and going, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But I'll tell you what, a perfect love casteth out all fear, amen. We need to cast that fear on the Lord. We need to give it to him. He's the one that'll carry your fear. He's the one that'll carry your load. I'm gonna tell you this morning, you're never gonna see no peace. You're never gonna have any peace in your life until you give him your fear. You may say, preacher, I don't know how to do it. I'm giving it to you this morning. Turn your Bibles over to 1 Peter. Every single one of you is in here. Go over to 1 Peter. Turn over there this morning. I quote this scripture over and over and over and over. Sometimes people don't get it and people don't understand it. 1 Peter Peter chapter 5. I want you to look at it. If you got a pen in your pocket, I want you to get it out. You say, I don't believe in writing in the Bible. I'm gonna tell you that book that you got in your lap ain't nothing but paper and ink. It's what's in that book, amen. That's gonna set you free this morning. But if you take your pen out there in 1 Peter 5 and 7, I want you to put some uh, 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 exclamation points around that, whatever you wanna do, circle it, highlight it, whatever you want to do. And when the devil comes to you poking at you, telling you to live in fear, you need to go back to 1 Peter 5 and 7 when he said, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. That's gonna be a little nugget for you to live by right there. When you say, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know how I'm gonna get by it. I don't know how my children's gonna be healed. I don't know how my wife's gonna get through this problem. I don't know how I'm gonna survive cancer. I don't know what we're gonna do. My children are gone wayward. My my grandchildren have gone crazy. My home's falling apart. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You need to go back to 1 Peter 5 and 7. You need to open that thing up and you need to cry some tears on it. Bring it down to the altars of God. Make your altar at your house. Make your altar in the truck. Make you an altar wherever you're at. What are you saying about an altar? Get along with God and give it to God. That's what you need to do. You know what that'll do? That'll push the fear right out of your life. And when the devil says you can't do it, you take him back where you put it and say, I put it in God, I'm giving it to God, and I believe in God for what he's gonna do. Can I hear from you this morning? I'm telling you, God can do it. Our problem is we don't believe it. I watched you all come, you've asked for prayer, you've asked us to pray over you, and we've done that in faith believing. And the Bible says the the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I believe some people in this church, Brother Earl, can get a hold of God. I believe we can get together and touch heaven for some people. But I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to do 1 Peter 5 and 7. You need to bring it to the altars of God and leave it right here. You don't need to pick it up and take it back to the house with you. Our problem is, is we wanna bring it, have everybody pray with us, feel good about it, and then go ahead and pick it right back up and stick it right back in your pocket and carry it out the door with you. That's the problem, is we won't give it to God. 
Oh, you'll give it to God while you're at the church house, while everybody's looking. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll give it to God. And then while everybody ain't looking, you'll pick it right back up and take it to the house with you. Do you know when you give something to God, that means totally. And when the devil comes bringing fear and says, oh, yeah, remember, they ain't healed yet. That problem ain't got better yet. You're still going through that yet. <laughs> oh, I wish you could see it the way the Lord's given it to me this morning. I'm telling you, you're going to have to bring it to God and say, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe one of the writers talked about one of them unbelieving. He said, Lord, help my unbelief. Do you do that as a child of God? We do it. We don't believe it's going to happen. Now, God's got a will for all things. I can pray for you and pray for you and pray for you, and you can bring it to the altars and give it to God. But ultimately, God has a will. Maybe you won't pray. Maybe you won't pray or seek God until something bad happens in your life. Then you're like, oh, it's me, everybody pray. My life is so bad, please pray. Pray, 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 please pray. You're getting on the request line, pray. Call the preacher, please put it on there, have people pray. And as soon as God does something in your life, you're like, okay, put that up and go do your thing. I don't want, I'm, I'm done. God's done everything. I don't need to pray no more. I'm gonna go do this, do that. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to church. I'll, I'll go when I want to. I just need God 45 minutes a week anyhow. I'll go a little bit. I'm not gonna commit to nothing. I sure ain't gonna do nothing in the church. But oh, let you get sick with that problem again. And oh, here you are back at the altar begging everybody to help you. Am I the only one like that? I think we're all like that to a point. We're living in fear. And we're trying to get a Band-Aid for the fear. God just put a Band-Aid on it right now so it won't bleed so much and I can forget about it for a while. But the Bible says perfect love casteth out all fear. We can live in God's perfect love. I'm telling you this morning. One of my favorite scriptures I love to quote, and I've probably sent it to some of you. Because when we have a lot of problems in our life, we're living in fear, we don't know what to do. I love Isaiah 41.10. Man, it don't get no better. <laughs> Devil pointing everything in the world out to me and how bad it is. You're someplace in your life and you're saying, Lord, where you at? I can't hear you, I can't feel you, I can't see you, Lord, where you at? Oh, I need something, God, from you. And he'll say, go over to Isaiah 41.10. And I'll go over there and I'll stick my nose in the book and he'll begin to tell me. He says, fear thou not. Thou means me. Don't fear, Gary, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I am thy God. He ain't nobody else's but mine. That's the way I feel. He's my God. Amen. 
And if you'll walk real close to him out of fear, you'll feel the same way. He says, be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yay, means yes. I will help thee. Yes, I will uphold thee. And with the right hand of my righteousness, he's talking about I'm gonna help you. You don't have to be afraid. Man, that problem, yeah, it looks bad. But I was here before that problem ever happened. He was here before it started. He'll be here when it's over with. I said he is here before it starts and he'll be there when it's over with. Y'all realize that this morning? I know what you're going through is bad and your heart is broke and your heart is heavy. He said, be not dismayed. He said, for I... <laughs> he said, I am with thee. I'm with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'll go all the way. But there is one condition. I need you to bring it and give it to me. And stop trying to help me with your problem. Give me your problems. Cast all your cares up on me because I care for you. That's what you call casting out all fear. Having that perfect love that pushes out all fear. Do you know one of the greatest tools, and I'm not giving that sorry slewfoot any credit, but the devil's one of his greatest tools is fear. It's a master manipulative tool that he loves to use. Your war as a child of God is not where people's coming against you all the time. It's, it's this battle of the mind. Anybody, anybody ever heard the old saying, uh, uh, make a mountain out of a molehill? Yeah. I'm a master of that. Because I'll sit around sometimes and I get to thinking about things. And before I'm done, they're as big as this building. And then when I get to the place to deal with it, I find out that it really ain't that big a thing. And if I'll take that little bit of thing that seems like such a big thing, and give it to God, why well, it just takes care of itself. How many things have we dealt with in the last little bit that we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to back up and not be afraid, and we're just going to trust God. And we've watched God step in and go, and take care of the problem. You know why? Because we brought it to him and laid it down and walked away from it. Now I'm going to give you something other else. I ain't going to be able to preach the rest of this message, but I am going to give you this. It's wonderful when you come and you bring it and you leave it. Well, what I do after that, preacher, I am so glad you asked. He said in all things to give him thanks. And when the devil comes back, you still got that problem going on. You need to walk by that problem and go, thank you, Lord, for taking care of that problem. The devil says, you're a nut. It ain't been fixed yet. Thank you, Lord, that you took care of the problem. Thank you, God, you're going to answer prayer. Thank you, Lord, you, that I've given it to you and I'm going to stand on your word, God. I brought it to you. I've left it there. Thank you, Lord, and go on. You know what the devil's going to do? He's going to stand around going, well, i got to try something else. 
He's not living in fear no more. I'm going to have to try something else. So my question to you today, are you going to continue living in fear? Are you going to trust him with your whole heart? Are you going to totally lay it down? Are you going to try to help him with it and carry a little bit of it back with you? I promise you, no answer is coming until you totally surrender to God.